0: today's podcast is brought to you by hired at hired.com hired is the platform for top developer and designer jobs. Uh, I've actually looked at this, not while I worked at ThoughtBot, of course, but in the past I've uh, considered trying this out. Uh, The basic gist is you submit uh, yourself as a candidate and then companies send you offers uh, where they're upfront about compensation. I like that model a lot. Uh, They sort of start with some of the most important details and numbers, kind of save some time so you don't have to wade through companies that are not gonna give you a reasonable offer. Hired has top companies on the platform like Facebook, Uber, and Stripe. There are full-time and contract opportunities, and it is totally free for candidates looking for jobs. You, our wonderful listener, will get a $2,000 bonus just for signing up on our special link, which is hired.com slash giant robots, one word. No, I, th- I was going to say I think we should make a, um, a Tinder profile <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> Here's oh, why. Oh, sure. And yeah. for form keeping up, possibly, because... You know the best marketing channels are the ones that people are not looking at yet. No one is marketing Ruby e-learning products on Tinder that I've seen, except for me.
1: <laughs> so Tinder profile, got it? Is that let's just dive deep? That's on the that marketing today. section. I think that's for today. what today. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: That's my idea. I saw this tweet from someone who said, "I wish most." podcasts would just skip the part where the hosts try to be funny and go right to the meat and like i don't think he was explicitly talking about us because it wasn't like someone that followed me
1: or anything like that but i have that tweet in my head sometimes i spend so little of my life concerned that subtweets are about me it's awesome (laughs) so whenever i'm trying to be funny whenever we're are
0: we doing doing that thing that people hate i don't know like the inside baseball as it's referred to I think it's more like, you're not that funny. Oh. Your podcast is interesting uh, when you get to the yeah. st- part that you know about. Yeah, Stop trying happens. to add the funny part in the beginning. I hope we're not that.
1: Giant robots smashing into other giant robots.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an a- app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers.
1: And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Um, so I did some stuff this week. What'd you do, Ben? I did a bunch of stuff. Um, things are going
0: going well. I feel like we're, we're executing well over in FormKeep land. Awesome. So uh, at your prodding... <laughs> um i have started an a b test nice uh, what are you for testing? uh trials 14 day free trial versus a 60 day money back guarantee Ooh, i like that so it's running it's happening right now let me take a look at FormKeep as we discuss this you can't uh, you can't make this happen for yourself actually you can i can if I. there's just a open secret window, secret url parameter that i'm not going to say here oh you got the recommended you got the you yes one of them yes out. yes i like that I, I i right so i have a little highlight on our pricing grid now, which is like the orange, like, you should pick this plan, yep, because it's the second least expensive, <laughs> which means we'd make more money. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hooked in into designer, uh, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel's been doing some great stuff, so this, the things are looking better. That was one of the things she did. Uh, but the A-B test is going. I'm, I'm pumped about that,
1: because this is a change I wanted to make, but I also want data to make sure that I'm not doing something crazy. So the, the uh, actual implementation here is both copy on page, as well as you actually have code? Sure. Sh- Okay. Good talk. <laughs> right. So, uh,
0: what's actually happening here is just copy. So okay. everyone signs up for the same plans. For people that I see that don't take the trial thing, sometimes I'm going into Stripe and be like, and like deleting their trial, basically. Uh, so how do you know that are you seeing like a i have like the counters open basically and someone registers i'm like oh they were in the the guarantee bucket so i can go and like end their trial instantly. there's something that comes through with their initial sign up submission Is no there, like, i hidden... no i just look at the, the a b test dashboard and see like oh this person's in the okay like, I guess on, yeah i can't i don't know it's not something i'm going to do like uh regularly right But right. So there's only there's only really only one set of plans because it Mm -hmm. was way easier rather than duplicate every plan. Yep. And there's some logic that we need to change. It was just like, okay, I'm just going to tell people there's a trial or not. Mm -hmm. And really, everyone kind of is going to get a trial unless I happen to see them come through. And then I'm like, oh, haha you you particular person don't get a trial. Right. But I think it's close
1: enough to. I like to it. Give me the data I want. So one of the things we discussed last week in conjunction with the idea of testing was uh, actual throughput on this page. People actually signing up. So I guess yes. this is on your landing page right mm-hmm. now. That that uh, I assume I'm correct in that the tests yep. will alter content on the landing page, correct. which is where then people click start your trial, and then that takes them to a form, and then they actually some submit, some do not. Uh-huh. So do you know a uh, rough quantity of traffic going through those like landing and then actually converting? On either of them, and
0: uh, I looked this up. What was it? Uh, it's something like three to five thousand people a month are hitting the landing page. I think it's somewhere in there, that range. Three to five thousand a month. And landing page total page. conversions on this page are something like six a day for the new under the new trials. Six times.
1: 30 K.
0: So um, my plan is to run this roughly until we have about a hundred people in each bucket Mm -hmm. and then take a look.
1: Well, you're running visual website optimizer. Is that correct? What are Uh, you doing? We're using split the split gem. Split, jam- oh, so this is server-side being decided. Okay. Yep, no JavaScript. There's a bunch of statistical significance calculators out there. I'd yep. recommend that as the like- No, I'm just going to go with gut feel. Gut feel, that's y- the feel. Yeah, no, so split does provide you a, a confidence okay. thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess most of them would have that built there's in. A,
0: apparently one of the best practices of A-B testing is choosing how long you're going to run the test ahead of time. Uh, lest you... Do tell. So if you stop the test as soon as it reaches significance, mm-hmm. some tests reach significance and then unreach significance. Okay. So you bias yourself toward to, like, assuming the test was successful yeah. if you stop it as soon as you see it
1: hits that significance. So the idea would be to continue past the point of significance, not... Or t- certain... I mean, because you could say 99 confidence, and that's different than 95, it which d- is different than 90. Each of those are points that you'll hit. So it's not that you hit... Yes or no, significance? You hit a confidence interval. So
0: you could hit ninety-nine percent confidence and then have it drop back down to nothing. You actually like you could you could be significant and then not mm-hmm. like if you just happen to get lucky, basically. Right. And so the idea is decide ahead of time how long, how many conversions you're going to do, and then evaluate at that point. Yep.
1: I like that. I, I like having something as long as that is comfortably past a point of statistical significance and not before, or something that says that.
0: Um, right. Yeah. Well, I I, I checked. Uh, somebody's a b test calculator and Mm -hmm. it was like if if i can see a difference of roughly 20 percent after uh that many visits and conversions so if it's within 20 percent then i may as well just pick the one i want so and i know which one that is right so yeah but it feels good to have that running it's going to be nice to have data as opposed to just like i don't want to do one i do want to do the other but let's find out what this actually might cost us right so that's, that's good. I'm happy about that. Um, we also uh, started emailing people about what we're going to do for grandfathering. Okay. So uh, we wrote a rate task basically that takes a person in and says, hey, you're paying X. The new schemes are this. So now you're going to be paying Y. And I've sent those to now like 400 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the people are basically debt accounts. They created a form a long time ago. They never paid for it. So we don't have a credit card for them. So it's like, if you want this form to work, you can come give us a credit card. But they're mostly dormant. But so far, I had no complaints, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. Uh, so <laughs> it makes me want to raise the prices even more. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, know you kind me. of live you in that me. space. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, So that's good. Uh, Or, you know, I guess that's kind of neutral. I I almost wanted people to email me and give me feedback, Mm -hmm. like good or bad, really. Yeah, Uh, I've had one email from someone saying, hey, I think it'd be cool if you could do a a trial without a credit card up front. I was like, "Eh, okay.
1: Uh, You're definitely going to get that. That's a a given for that. But I'm a fan of that decision, credit card up front for the trial. Or actually, I really like the uh, 60-day. I hope the test goes in that way for you because I think that's a better structure. uh, Yeah, it just feels better to me. Yep. It's
0: just like uh, uh, I, this idea of like giving service away for free yeah. and having people that are like never like
1: want to just play with it but are never going to actually sign up. Something about that like it shouldn't bother me, but it's just something about it rubs me the wrong way. Well, I think it's got the idea of commitment. They they're committing. They're actually putting down money. Uh, but at the same time, you're saying like, here I've, I've got this thing of value. You give me some money for it. You get the thing of value. If it turns out to not be valuable, I'll give you your money back. But it is a thing of value. Therefore, I expect money in exchange. And it it sets that as the right. you know, kind of starting conversation. Uh, it's definitely it's what we do on Upcase. I would not feel at all comfortable with giving away uh, an Upcase free trial, which we've been asked for a bunch, but especially on Upcase, the nature of the content—like you can come through and watch a bunch of stuff and be like, "Nah, free trial over, I'm done." Well, especially with your thing, where like they could just download everything and then yeah. bail. It's yeah. kind of a, which still happens, but uh, less so. And so, like for me, I think a free trial is completely out. For you, I definitely lean towards credit card, not upfront, but actually. Uh, the 60-day guarantee versus the 14-day free trial. But interesting. I'm very interested to see how this uh, fleshes out for you. And if Same. we get some interesting data, maybe it'll point in the other direction. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, People do like the word free.
0: Yeah, they do. Sure.
1: So we also fixed a ton of bugs.
0: So Joe Ferris has been helping out, which is so handy because mm-hmm. he is amazingly productive. And also just like spot stuff that I don't even yep. know is wrong. Yep. It's like, I just, I can't believe how hard software is. Like, yes, I think we do a pretty good job of it and we try really hard yes. and we just still ship tons of bugs it's crazy mm-hmm. like man
1: agreed on all fronts
0: yeah we're like I don't know we, so we, we switched to uh, Honey Badger for exception tracking and mm-hmm. then we piped it into uh, Slack and email and so now I and, and Honey Badger resets every exception every deploy Yep. So Which every, is an interesting idea I, I, I like, like it.
1: it yeah we just got switched as I well I think it makes a
0: lot of sense yeah. because now I deploy to production and then like the exceptions just start rolling back in and I'm yep. like damn it everything is broken <laughs> so like we have i don't know so joe like we wanted to keep in tab on our background job queue because when a submission comes in we do a bunch of stuff yep. to it in as in background jobs and so joe set up this thing was like it'll alert us as soon as we hit 10 jobs in the queue and we got down to zero jobs and then we t- turned that on and then like four minutes later yeah. it was like the first alert and now it just goes off all the time so like and it's just you know jobs are getting stuck jobs have exceptions we're actually processing it turns out by the way we're processing
1: how many submissions a day would you guess submissions a day well you just crossed a million recently so a day i'm gonna say it's two thousand five thousand five thousand five
0: thousand a day so people are That's... submitting them forms yeah as you might expect it's dominated by a handful of forms mm-hmm. so some people have very popular sites with very popular forms power laws and whatnot Yep. So, um but that's so that causes a lot of pressure on the background job. So when we have a job that goes really slowly, for example, things tend to back up a little bit. And even though we have four workers,
1: which So is you have four. you have monitoring now that alerts you when you get more than 10 jobs backed up in the queue. Yeah. Uh, but that's a symptom of long running jobs, right? Mostly so, long running or stuck. Yeah. So do you also have monitoring around like a timeout? A job should never take longer than 30 seconds. Please capture all of the ones that are. And then you can analyze those and figure them out? Because um, right now it just sounds like you'd be looking at the the queue after the fact. Or? I think it's more after
0: the fact. I don't think we have anything that, that notifies us about slow jobs. Do you know? But I think
1: New Relic reports on that, actually. Okay. Fancily. Yeah, you can see the the timing of the jobs and try and look. So there's going to be some outlier. Do you mm-hmm. know roughly what the cause is of some of the slower jobs? Um, Clearbit was actually a culprit for a little while. Clearbit's just an API call, right? It is, yeah.
0: But there, there was like we were well. So one of the things was we we were sending them like email addresses with I think Unicode characters, and they were like, no, we hate that. Uh, but they hated it in like a really slow way. <laughs> um, that so... is a way to demonstrate your distaste on the internet is yeah. to move slowly. Yeah. So that was like one thing. Uh, I think we're, we're we're it's a lot better now. Now like Joe's been doing a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. and I've been doing some things too. And so now when I deploy a production, it takes a few minutes before the exception rolls. The first exception rolls in, <laughs> and now it's like two or three before I deploy again instead of like 9 or 10 mm-hmm. so we're getting better. That was one thing that I was kind of glad we had time for this week. Right. is cuz like I've been I had basically two large projects that blocked everything, the ember removal and the pricing change. That mm-hmm. I was like these are so important we got to get these done. Yep. Uh, let's not do anything else until we get them done and then I was like okay, the pricing is shipped. Let's let's clean house a little bit. So yep. I closed a bunch of pull requests that were really old. Yep. We're cleaning up a bunch of like exceptions and issues and things like that. The support queue is empty. Like everything we're just kind of like Getting ready to, to roll again. Zero bug bounce. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it feels good. Like it's nice that the app is like getting more reliable, and we're
1: we're fixing the parts that are. And that in theory, ugly. I mean, it, there's a point of diminishing returns, but it's an investment in future productivity because, like, I've had a number of weeks where we come in and I'm like, you know what, this system broke and that was rough and that took me down for a few days. And uh, if you can get out in front of that, all the better. There definitely is a place though where. Uh, nothing Like like you said, there are bugs in the software. Always, yeah. always. It's unfortunate, yep. but it is a reality. So at some point you do have to kind of focus back. And I don't know if you have a plan of how long you're going to stay on the cleaning house tasks versus how long you're going to, like when you'll rotate back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. we're
0: getting close to the to the point where it makes sense to, to look at new features. New mm-hmm. uh, features? Yeah.
1: We have almost
0: never talked about new features. For I, Form know, I know, I I'm, know. I'm pretty pumped about it. Ooh. It feels like the big pieces are kind of done now nice or at least in a state where i'm like okay i'm ready to start B- basically we've been doing like the ember thing was like okay i have to pay down this technical debt to get mm-hmm. started the pricing thing was everyone's telling me my pricing is whacked so far with one exception that i'm, I'm want to talk about after people are seem pretty happy with the pricing <laughs> and i'm happy with how people are signing up for the pricing and so now it's like okay there are a couple other things that people have asked for uh that i want to give to them so i'm now in a place to do that what
1: are you looking at? the pricing on the page personal is 29. Yes sir. Wow. Yep. It's a bunch of money. Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your product costs
0: 29. It does. Yeah. But look at how much you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those check marks. Uh yeah, yeah, all right. No, the t- I'm, I'm actually, yeah, so I bumped the 29. I bumped from 19 right. to 29 I, That, for the that base. was the thing is I, I don't remember the 29 as a as a price point. Basically, um, everyone was signing up for that base one as like their first let me just give this a try thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if everyone's signing up for it, I may as well make it more expensive. At some point,
1: you're going to have to let the pricing stand still long enough to make a decision about
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, what's
1: happening now. I'm not okay. changing anything until this A-B test is done. So, gotcha. And or, that'll probably take a, a month-ish. Yeah, a month-ish. Maybe a little bit more, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit less. But somewhere on that order sounds mm-hmm. about right. Yep cool so it's good because i actually like, i kind of like that it makes me put the pricing down for a little while
0: right it's like until i have data i can't if i mess with this it'll throw off the right. data so i gotta i gotta yep. not do that so yeah so that was the bug stuff uh tons of submissions yeah so i had an interesting interesting is one word for it i had an experience <laughs> i talked to you about this a little bit you did um so this person signed up for formkeep and created some forms and was using them uh and then what did he want to do I think he wanted to go... So he happened to sign up when the personal plan was $19, but he mm-hmm. signed up for like the, the the cheapest plan, the $9 solo plan with one form. Okay, And then he went to create a second form, and the $19 that he had seen previously had turned into 29 and he was upset about this. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me this email that said, your pr- I'm switching to competitor because your pricing is, in all capitals, insane and changes every two or three days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man... I really hate you is what I thought (laughs) it was just like it was a very nastily worded message and I understood where he was coming from because like he happened to like catch it where it was like new pricing and then new pricing on the new pricing and it was like okay I I get your point of view as well but you're also just being mean to someone you don't even know on the internet yeah and so I was upset and I was like okay I really want to be mean to this person but I'm not going to and so I sent him like a nice reply and he sent me back another mean email and I was like wow I really now I really want to be mean to you in -hmm. in response and do you know what I thought about what did you think about the Dalai Lama (laughs) okay (laughs) so I'm pretty sure it was the Dalai Lama who said hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that I was going to suggest something like that. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to be nice to this person one more time. And if they're mean again, I'm going to fire them as a customer. Mm-hmm. And if not, you know, then maybe it'll be good. And I was nice to him, and then he was nice
1: to me. And then I sent another email back to him, and he was nice again. Those are great moments, actually, when you have that transition. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and speaking from the place of empathy, like like you said, they got caught up in the firestorm of pricing changes, and I've certainly been... Someone on the internet that is using a service and the people on the other side do not care. They are in it to make a profit and that is it. This individual probably does not know that this product is run by ThoughtBot and it's a bunch of people that like what they do and that are pretty pleasant and that will respond to customer support requests. Yep. Uh, and a lot of times people enter into those situations from a very defensive or even aggressive uh, place so I kind of understand it. I don't I don't think it's good I don't think people should be that way and in fact I think it's really important to be as kind and understanding as possible on either side of that mm-hmm. but uh, I think you did the right thing and even going to the idea of firing a customer I think that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. you're not beholden to I don't know accept whatever people throw at you on the internet right but there's a Reasonable way to fire a customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just be like, you know what? Here's the reality of the situation. I apologize that it's not great for you, but this is what it is. Feel free to take it or leave it. But that's where, like, and you get to end that conversation. Right. Even if I were going to fire him, I would do it in a nice way. Yeah, exactly. I think um, that's the key.
0: But I also stuck to one of my crucial life rules, mm-hmm. which is not to send electronic communication of any kind when I'm upset. Yep. I have never ever done that and then not regretted it yes emails text messages tweets every time i put something out there when i was mad i've always been like wow that was even when i was like justified like like Mm -hmm. i really should have been mad because like i was wronged Mm -hmm. i still afterwards just like feel like a jerk and because it's just not good
1: but conversely now you chose to go the kindness route they in turn return kindness there's more kindness in the universe the world's a better place ben yeah it is um and also i discovered a very strong mitigating factor after the
0: fact which is, uh, I'm pretty sure this person is not a native English speaker. Mm. And so it's hard to know in a foreign language the weight of your words yes. and the connotation and how you might be coming off. Yep. So I think he might not have
1: had even been aware that he was being very rude at all. Right, and th- I think that's the other thing. So uh, language, that can certainly... Language and cultural uh, differences, but also just written words on the internet. I personally tend to... Uh, Use emoticons or exclamations or just go more positive than if I were to say the words out loud and just directly type them, that will inherently be taken more negatively just as a rule. So I try always to uh, make the words read with the whatever positivity level I have, which might be none, but in general, like bump it up a little bit because it has that deflating tendency to it. Yep. So in the end, uh, I was glad with how it turned out and how I handled it and that I wasn't nasty back
0: to this person, even though, man, it was tempting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh you were <laughs> you were not thrilled in that moment, but you did well, Ben. Oh, Congratulations.
0: I also had kind of a weird experience. A friend of mine, someone who I'm friendly with through the internet, asked to do a quick call with me and we did and he told me in a very nice way that he was he and his company were big fans of the podcast and they love listening to what i was talking about and they've been formkeep users in the past and they're really excited to be launching a formkeep competitor quite soon
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. I mean, it,
0: it was such an interesting moment because like we do t- he's like and, and some of the stuff he's like we sort of put it down for a while but like some of the stuff you said in the podcast like encouraged us to like start it up again oh no and i was um... like wow <laughs> And to me, like the logical thing is like, you can't be, I can't be mad at someone for listening to the podcast and like using that information because we're intentionally being very transparent and putting things out there. Yes. But it also is kind of like an interesting thing to be like, okay, I guess if you're going to go use that to compete with us, that's, that's kind of not the best news ever.
1: It's not the best news, certainly. Uh, I don't know. It's validation of the market space, maybe. I've heard those sort of things about competitors. That that doesn't seem awesome, though. Yeah, it's it's like it's flattering in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. It's like,
0: oh, you, the product. You think the product is, is good and has potential, and mm-hmm. you think the things I'm saying about it are smart, and <laughs> so you're gonna go use those, right? So I don't know. I mean, it was very classy of him to do it. Uh, I think that, I thought it was like a good courtesy, mm-hmm. especially because we are friendly. Uh, but also, it's like it's hard to be excited about it. It is very hard to be excited about it. <laughs> so that, yeah. So it's been an interesting week of interesting emotions and things. But honestly, I'm, I'm net very pumped that pricing change, I think, could spell very good things for us. So I have a spreadsheet. You have a spreadsheet. I have a spreadsheet. So one of the things about, so our MRR for this week is sitting at 51.34. Okay. Which
1: sounds like it's down, but it, because of the trials, You Um, were previously whenever someone signed up, that turned into MRR. Right away, yeah. Now it takes those fourteen days. Yeah. So it
0: looks like, hey, you haven't charged any new people for a while, Mm -hmm. but in reality, I have a sweet spreadsheet, Um, and I've been putting some numbers together, which is like, if we do convert a certain percentage of people from trials to paid customers, what will the MRR be? Mm -hmm. And so. I found, uh, so I'm using an estimate of a uh, a quarter, 25% of people going from trial to paid, which based on my research, I'm led to believe is like actually reasonably conservative because uh, we have credit card up front. So we can just charge people as soon as their trial is over. Apparently 50% is some reasonable average for SaaS companies—it's hard to say. Like, maybe these are gigantic SaaS companies with customer success experts or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm just—I picked that as a number. Uh, If we do convert 25% of the people that are signing up now at the MRR levels that they are signing up at, our revenue growth will be a lot higher than it was—like three times higher, four times higher.
1: So, I'm optimistic. That sounds good. Um, Do you do anything? Do you alert people right before the actual uh, charge would go out? Say we do. We just haven't written it yet. We got like one more week. You bought yourself 14 days to build that? Yeah. Right. It's the, yeah. But the idea is that you will send out a preemptive email saying we're about to charge you. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yep. I I don't think it's right to just charge people for trial, stuff like that. I think you should give them a heads up. Trial to paid conversion, I definitely agree. When you're already a subscriber and you get to the end of the month, then it's a different question. Definitely. Which we've never talked about, but that's an interesting thing on Upcase. I mean, if you have an established business relationship, I think it's like we said we're going to charge
0: you and we do every month. and. That's here's your invoice after the fact yeah and, i think that's yeah. reasonable uh but for like hey you happen to forget that you'd sign up for a trial and we caught you like that just, just doesn't sound fun right so yeah we do need to write an email that goes out although hopefully it won't last very long because we'll be switching to guarantees soon right but yeah MRR wise i'm it's looking really good like mm-hmm. if if this works out at the level i hope it was i mean fingers crossed i have no idea maybe mm. it might be five percent right like this there's something that says we have to hit that percentage
1: yep the credit card up front does make a big difference on that. The other thing is, you were seeing a certain conversion rate. What's the conversion rate now that you've changed to the pricing tiers? I think you said it was similar, right? Um, they were just converting into higher tier plans,
0: essentially. It feels like roughly the same. Like when, we, when our pricing was $9 per form, mm-hmm. we were getting about five to six signups a day, it mm-hmm. felt like. And now we're still getting about five to six signups a day, but they're signing up for $29 or $59. Right. So that's a nice change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I would summarize my th- week as good, and I feel positive.
1: Excellent, cool. glad to hear it. That's a that's a bunch of good stuff, and uh, lots of things that I'm uh, I'm interested for future weeks when we get to talk about how they've fleshed out. But uh, I'm similarly hopeful. That all sounds great. Cool. So, so uh, what's up with you? Upcase. So there were a couple things that we did this week. Um, It went in a slightly different direction than I had initially planned, but I'm very happy with where we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things that I'd wanted to do this week was marketing. We released a new course about a week and a quarter ago, something like that. We've got some things in the work. We've got some things that we did. Uh, I can summarize those quickly. So email to subscribers. Just want to let them know, hey, you're paying for this thing anyway. You now have access to a new course. Make sure that they are aware um, I actually got one or two people that reply. They're like, "Awesome! I've been waiting. I've been listening to the podcast, and I wanted oh, this nice. thing. That's awesome." It's <laughs> so like, "Cool! Glad I glad I got that to you." Mm-hmm. Also, a couple of tweets from Thoughtbot and Upcase. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Twitter, but we're doing that a little bit more now, and so trying to just use those channels that we have. Everything seems to be working reasonably well on that. Uh, we have an interesting one that's in work now. Um, hope to have that finished in the next day or so, which is a bloopers page. So we have (laughs) bloopers. We've not done this in Trails before, but we have this uh, on all of our weekly iterations. There's just a minute of bloopers or so at the end of a video. Or if you're on the video, there's like three minutes because we've got a kind of back and forth Mm -hmm. there uh, and energy. Uh, But the bloopers, I personally like them. I think they're an interesting, different thing that we can say. Mm -hmm. So we now have this bloopers video, and we were like, oh, we could just put it on YouTube or something like that. Historically, we put a lot of things on other sites, so we've had stuff on Wistia, and we just link directly to that, or we've taken it and exported it and put it on YouTube, and that's what we're linking to. But more and more, I'm I'm happy with what uh, Upcase and its conversion story and things like that. And I want to put people in Upcase. So particularly, what we're going to do is just use High Voltage to build a single-purpose landing page, essentially for uh, the bloopers for this course. And so now we can tweet about that. Hey, you want to see the you know funny things that happened while we were recording this most recent thing? Nice. I can watch that. I think active uh, record gone wrong awesome. Nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have this uh, artifact of creating the course. It's another thing that we can say. It's another interesting avenue to talk about it. And it will be within the app. Uh, And this is another thing in the sense of trying to build systems around this this is now going to be on the checklist every single time we'll produce a blooper like this hmm. it will be on the page because it kind of falls out of the work we're doing anyway mm-hmm. and once we've built one of these pages we can think about some of the conversion aspects of the page itself. And you can drive traffic to these pages is that is that the thought uh something like uh, basically a tweet or two mm-hmm. that sort of thing uh send it out into the world but the page will be pretty easy to put together and in the future it will be very easy because it will just be and copy that we might even make it its own thing within the app so all we need to do is drop in the Wistia URL Mm -hmm. but now we have that and it's another distinct way that we can talk about it Um, because I'm a little uh, weary of just saying like hey we released a course there's a new course it's a new course and just keep saying that same thing so if I have slightly different ways to talk about it I feel much better about repeating that two to three times in addition to the other two to three where I talk about great new content that's about this in addition to this other slightly different angle. So basically the more I can talk about it, the better, and this is a new different thing for it. Hmm. Um, haven't done it yet. Don't know how it will perform, if at all, but it's a fun thing to try. I like the idea because, I mean, it's if it's good and
0: funny, then it, it will likely be enjoyed and shareable. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one yep. of those things where it's like you're providing a value to people that is different than your normal value. Yeah, that's kind of adjacent to it. Right. It's like if you find active record fails and jokes funny, then maybe you want to watch the real course as well.
1: Joe Ferris has a very dry humor. He definitely does. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about that amongst all the other things. Uh, and then there's the one which was sending out the email to the newsletter segment. So that's a uh, 9,200 people. Uh, got an email announcing Active Record, uh, announcing our new course. Where do these people come from? Oh, they were, were the people that authed with GitHub to get access this, to the There are thing? a couple of different ways that they get into the system. One is through the Dream Job course. Okay. So they drop their name into that. Another is uh, by authenticating just on Upcase in general. Another is by particularly authenticating for a course. Uh, another is by being a previous customer.
0: Why is that only 100 people?
1: 9,200 people. Oh, 9,200. Yeah, a bunch more. A bunch Not more than 9,200. Yeah, 9,200 people. That's uh, better. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Um, so looking at that email in particular, because this is a fun game that I play. Uh, let's see. We have a 0.1% conversion rate. So that's downstream conversion. These people have now purchased an Upcase subscription. Okay. Of the 9,200? Okay. Of the 9,200. So that's small. That's a small number. 0.1% but... or point. 11 unique conversions. Okay. Now, the thing that's interesting is this only happened two days ago. And so in thinking about this, I was trying to decide, how do I feel about that number? And I went back to look at some of the older broadcast emails that I've sent, and they have much higher conversion rates, like 1% or 2.9% or 1.3%. Okay. But what's interesting is uh, the nature of how Drip rolls this up is basically, if I send you this email, you're now considered in the bucket And then forever it measures if you subscribe. And where I expected there to be a very significant spike and then nothing, there's actually a long tail of subscriptions after the fact. Mm. So some people sign up right when they get the email or the next few days. But most people actually, I'd say uh, not a majority, but probably like 30 to 40 percent based on each of these emails are converting a few days or a few weeks or even a month or two later hmm so what that tells me is that these emails i shouldn't necessarily look at them as hey cool i can send you an email and i immediately get you to subscribe but instead i can think of them as this is the way that i keep getting in touch with you keep telling you about upcase and that it's great uh and everything that i'm seeing here looking at each of these they just i can see the same pattern throughout each of them uh and this is you know there's 57 unique conversions on one of these emails 11 on another uh and there's probably a little bit of overlap between them but nonetheless this speaks to a thing that I like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger thing is it's probably not even about the emails. It's just about people that are willing to stay on your list mm-hmm. and in your ecosystem eventually convert. Yep. Uh, you just
1: keep sort of getting at them. And then one right. day they're like, yeah, okay, now's the time. I'm willing and this, to do is, this. Uh, this is part of where last week we were discussing content production and whether or not I should be prioritizing that. Uh, and as long as I can do it in a slightly more efficient way, which I am feeling good about, mm-hmm. this is one of the ways that I get I feel fine about talking to people. It's hey, I made this great new course. I think you are going to love it. Here you go. Uh, you'll get an email about that. You'll see a few tweets between Thoughtbot and Upcase and you know various things like that.
0: Do people that enter the list that have already gone through the Dream Job campaign
1: do they the, do they get value other than the announcements of new courses? They have received a few things, so they've seen historical announcements of, uh, "Hey, we just opened up the first two videos of this course. Okay. We added flashcards." So they're they're hearing things specific to Upcase, mm-hmm. but I'm not sending them more general content. There is the Upcase newsletter drip campaign, which mm-hmm. existed, and that was more generally here some stuff, right? Yep, but nothing beyond that. No like continual uh, reinvestment in the list. Beyond My hope is that if we can get to a more regular release schedule, that that's what they're going to see.
0: Well, even then, a regular release schedule, unless you're giving them free stuff when you release new things. That's, we are. Okay. So
1: each of the courses comes out with some free videos. Yeah, so okay. they get to see. And I make sure that the nature of the stuff that's free includes actual value. Yeah. So typically the courses now have like a first video that is a bit shorter and is more of a sales pitch introduction this is tdd here's why you should care here's the value you will get out of watching the rest of this and then also have the next video which does deliver on here you're going to learn some new concepts you're going to learn some new techniques those sort of things Mm -hmm. Um, so that is happening with each of these emails it's important that I, i actually do have something to give rather than just hey come buy a thing from me i think your question is to like is there more that i could be doing in between which potentially? I, I'm
0: sure the answer that is to that uh, to that is yes, but I guess my thought process is just if you keep the
1: list a bit warmer, you might see higher conversion rates on your like initial emails. Yep, I think you're probably right. That's I've been kind of honing in on this whole world of email, and I'm starting to approach the thing that I want at which point I can maybe take a look back and say, what exactly should be in that first sequence of emails you receive? Mm-hmm. The dream job has performed extremely well, but is there anything we can do to tweak that a little bit? We can run tests for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the newsletter, are there things like, does imp- does increasing the frequency of things that we send them help or hinder? My guess is it'll help, and there's probably a nice, like, once every three weeks I send them something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a-, a worthwhile test for me to head towards. I
0: just, I, I think if you, if they are used to receiving value from you, then they will open your emails and potentially act on them, right? Yeah. If like most of the time they see, oh, it's an email from Chris. And usually when Chris
1: emails me, there's good stuff in here. Yep. Then that will, you know, that'll work out, work out well for you. I agree. And so, I, I mean, historically, we've done very little with email and then we've gotten a little bit better. And the Dream Job course uh, has done very well for us. But mm-hmm. I think we keep layering on this. And I think what you're describing is a next logical iteration on top of what we have now. Uh, and I definitely want to think about that and pursue that down ha, the road
0: has the dream job course outperformed most
1: other conversion channels or a- acquisition channels uh let me pull it up right now yes but it's so on a full count no so absolute count i believe organic search and just people converting, that is what we see to be the highest. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of attribution there where I can't necessarily say if they went through the Dream Job course back when. I probably could if I chased it down, but I believe overall organic search is the winningest in volume, but mm-hmm. not the highest converting percentage. The Dream Job course is by far the highest converting percentage. Anyone that enters that, it's right now a 10.5% conversion rate over the past month. Yeah, and, and it's, been about, it's been double digits for a while. Yes. It's, you hit the uh, thing, you're, you're It's outside. stayed very high. Um, we found a nice kind of value. We're speaking to the particular pain points that people have. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it's kind of back informed some of the content production on Upcase, which I think is the absolute right way for marketing stuff to work in the world. That's kind of what I was getting at, actually,
0: yeah. is given that we've identified this group of people that are willing to purchase a product like Upcase, like they mm-hmm. have a goal and they believe Upcase will help them achieve that goal, I think it makes sense to make sure we're right making things for those people. Yep. Like it's like, okay, we found an audience that works. Do, do when you actually do sign up for Upcase, is this like a really great resource
1: for landing that dream job? Right. Mostly I think that sounds great and we should definitely do that. The one concern uh, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying this is the thing I would need to look at if I wanted to pursue that a little bit more. The past month, there were 153 people that went through the Dream Job course. Mm-hmm. Relative to everything else, that's actually a small number. We So like the 10% of that is 15 people, 15 conversions related to the Dream Job course. We saw 200-ish overall in that same period. Mm-hmm. So it's a small portion of who's coming in. Mm-hmm. And if I were to survey the audience, which is probably something I should do in general, there's a segment that are definitely in this space. There's a segment that are just really interesting and in tools and workflow and just want to get a little bit better, yep. but it's not for the purpose of it, the things that are spoken about in the Dream Job course are not necessarily going to speak to them. Realistically, there might be like three different segments to our audience mm-hmm. that are all in that intermediate to advanced space but would identify differently, would kind of emotionally respond to something versus something else, mm-hmm. and having content for each of them probably makes sense. Uh, even just narrowing it down to that intermediate to advanced space was a meaningful change that happened about six months ago. um, We kind of pared down the content and really focused in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's helped. But also going a little bit further and seeing like, well, there's this segment and that segment and that segment. I think that could be really valuable. Um, And then within that building content to directly support their journeys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, all that sounds great. Cool. So that is the particular email. Um, Going up to a higher level, I've started... Honing in on what I call the grand unified theory of email on upcase oh, wow uh, there's there's a workflow diagram it's pretty great uh basically we've we've had various levels of email stuff in upcase over the years and we've been refining it and iterating and it's worked pretty well for us we've seen. Uh, So what I have now is this idea of four different entry points into our email system and then Mm -hmm. kind of the flow that they have through that. Mm -hmm. So the first entry point is you just created an account. And this would be, you click that GitHub button to authenticate, you came into the system, you haven't subscribed yet, but you've now, you watched a video or something like that. So you're going to get a particular sequence of welcome emails. Hey, welcome to Upcase. We've got a lot of great stuff. Here's the things. And because of some of the changes we made in the site, I can now point them to value that they can actually get before they subscribe. Mm -hmm. So you can check out the first two videos of test-driven Rails, of on-ramp to Vim, of mastering Git, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a bunch of stuff that I can share with them right away. Similarly, the weekly iteration, we made those changes so we can do the same thing there. So that's another email that talks particularly about ThoughtBot, our open source, and the weekly iteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to flesh out that, but that's, that's an email sequence for people joining. Uh, the next is an email sequence for abandoned cart. So this is you authenticated on the checkout page. The checkout page is pretty stark right now. It's about one thing, which is checking out. If you do not check out on that page, if you do not actually subscribe after authenticating on that page, that's worth a a distinct follow-up. And so I instrumented that earlier this week and there are already two people in there and I can see one of them tried to subscribe, their credit card failed, and now they're gone but now I have the opportunity to follow up. So I'm actually going to uh, try and do those by hand for a little while and just actually write the emails myself, have the conversations with people and say like, hey, it looks like you were trying to subscribe but you didn't uh, finish up. Anything I can help you with, any questions you have, Mm -hmm. I'm here to help. Uh, But eventually getting to the place where we automate that and we now have the kind of machinery for it. Mm -hmm. uh, The dream job, that already exists and that'll kind of flow through. And each of those can then flow into that same welcome sequence. If you complete the dream job but haven't subscribed, We'll put you into the welcome sequence, let you go through that. If you do the abandoned cart thing, but you don't subscribe, we can pop you over to that other one. And then the last one is after canceling, basically put people in a a holding cell where we don't talk to them. We we give them their space for a month or two, maybe three months, something like that. And then we follow up and say, hey, Upcase has got some great new stuff. We added this trail, this trail, a bunch of weekly iterations. We enhance these features. We'd love for you to come back. And hopefully I can say there's a one button click to rejoin. So each of those, I now have all of that kind of built. I can have each of those. So now I just need to tweak the actual emails, get those live, and then additionally start running some tests on those because those are testable, which is exciting. Uh, and then everybody falls into the, the newsletter at the bottom. So that's the big bucket of, well, we're just going to keep talking to you for as long as you'll listen and uh, hope that you subscribe someday. We'll send you good stuff. It'll be great.
0: Are there any more new emails in the newsletter?
1: So we're actually moving away from that newsletter. Then the newsletter that I'm describing is a segment of people that we will send basically product announcements, new things coming out, rather than, uh, and I might keep around some of the emails that you have, basically like I'll just keep sending you stuff, Mm -hmm. but the way I'm imagining that is more a segment, less a drip sequence. So it's people that I can send emails to. Stuff that you broadcast one off things to, not a recurring sequence. Yeah, so they just got the active record announcement, they'll get the next course announcement when that comes out, if we make any major updates to the site, we add search or something like that, uh, they'll hear about it there. Cool. So I'm really happy about that. That's something that I've been kind of uh, honing in on for a while. And I now feel like all the pieces are in place. So just a little bit of work to finish that out. But that's the idea. Uh, let's see what else. Twitter. Uh, with Gabe on the project. Gabe is good at Twitter. He reminded me that Buffer exists. So uh, we've talked about MeetEdgar and other kind of similar tools. Hootsuite, they're all in kind of the same place. But now we put in an effort. We buffered up some tweets. So now Upcase is actually um, putting some stuff out into the world. That. Um, And so particularly what we're trying to do is give Upcase a voice of you person in the world who likes intermediate to advanced developer topics. Here's a great talk by this person. Here's something by this person. By the way, we have a course and it's got some free sample videos at the beginning. Check it out and try and sequence it so that every X, every third or so is something about Upcase and the other stuff is pointing out to generally useful. So that, that same thing that you were talking about with the email sequence giving people value each time they hear from us, not just promoting ourselves. I think that's that's a useful frame to be in, so that's what we're trying to do with the Twitter feed. Code Climate does a nice job of that. Yes, yeah, the whole content marketing thing. They're, they're actually kind of the model I have in my mind of the sort of frequency and quality of the stuff that they put out and the mm-hmm. voice that they have mm-hmm. like they're about code quality and they talk about that and they have some great stuff that they they share on that front yeah
0: but it, like in, on their twitter account specifically like a yes. lot of
1: a lot of it's not even them making new stuff they just
0: point you at good stuff
1: oh yeah no i, I uh, their twitter account is exactly yeah, what yeah. i have in mind cool. when i'm thinking of this and um, then every so often
0: there's like a testimonial from a yep. um, person and then yeah or a direct link we just added whatever some new linter or something
1: which, frankly, I mean, I, I like them, and I want to hear about that. I mean, I still follow the account, I think, so, yeah. I definitely do. And uh, so that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, MRR. So last week we talked MRR was not great. Uh, we have essentially recovered, uh, recovered entirely from that. We're at a new local maximum. So historically, back when, before the pricing change, there was a previous maximum. This is the uh, next highest number on the graph, uh, which is great. Which is also a little bit confusing, and I actually emailed Barometrics about this. I feel like the numbers change. Like when I look back at a date, it's a different number than what I wrote down, particularly because we have this podcast. I know those numbers at least on a weekly basis. Yep. And they're they're shifting ever so slightly. Mm. So I emailed them and they said there's occasions where they might recalculate based on a, a bug fix in their code. Right. But mostly they should be static numbers. So Uh, Anyway, numbers are moving in the right direction. I am happy with that. And we seem to be, there's a trend there insofar as these, I I look at the line and I think it's a line and it's got continuity and momentum. That's not true at all. Any given day is a new day where I've got to kind of sign new people up and prevent churn. So what is the MRR? The MRR is 34,774, which is up from... $34.098, Thirty-four oh nine eight, so that's almost seven hundred dollars in MRR picked up across the week, which I'm pretty happy about. That's cool. Uh, and it's obviously got to continue for it to be, you know, super useful. But mm-hmm. what's that old maximum? What's the highest it's ever been? Thirty-seven seven something. Okay, so you got to get to thirty-eight. To got to get to thirty-eight. Thirty-eight yeah. will be a nice number. Cool. A couple different milestones along the way, but we're heading in the right direction. And really, the the thing that's heartening to me is I feel like we're honing in and refining a lot of the stuff that we're doing. There's less kind of figuring stuff out. Now it's, okay, I've, I've gotta refine this email sequence thing, refine the whole email system that we have, refine our content production, refine the content that we have. Uh, but mostly I feel like the major pieces are in place and it's just about getting incrementally better on SEO and conversion and content and cohesiveness of the content and curriculum. So there's a lot of work left to do, but what the, the heartening part is that I feel like we're honing in rather than fanning out and trying to find new stuff. Hmm. Um, Which is a good feeling. Yeah. You know, if if the MRR goes down for a week, I'll probably go, ah, no, (laughs) everything, sky's falling. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I'm trying to kind of back away from it a little bit, but it's hard. It's hard to, uh, you know, decouple from the numbers. Oh, for sure. So, otherwise, we have a bunch more content vaguely in production things, kind of fleshing out some of the older content, replacing that, Mm -hmm. filling in some of the gaps that I think we have, uh, and really just kind of refining that process, uh, I'm also trying to remove myself from that process a little bit. My face is in a lot of upcase content and <laughs> great as I think I am, I think it's beneficial for everyone for that to be more of thought represented in our content and different voices and things like that. It does take a little bit of kind of support to manage that. I can get me for any given amount of time for recording, but I've started to reach out to people from different offices and get them to come to Boston to actually do recording and just try and, again, get more of the the ThoughtBot voice in there, which has really always been the goal with Upcase. Uh, but I'd say I'd been lazy with it for a little while and now uh, trying to return to that and keep pushing on that front. So, yeah, I think that uh, that about sums up Upcase. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like uh,
0: things are going well. Yeah. The email thing, I think, is I mean, the list is big enough that it feels like a thing that you could get some real wins out of. Yes, and figuring out exactly how to do that is the game. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, let's wrap it up, and I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Ben. Today's show is produced and edited by Tommy Tutone If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm. Thanks for listening.